0: We all want our lives to count for something. It doesn't matter what background you have, religion, gender, nation, or whatever, we all want to know that our lives matter. Even atheists want to know that their lives have a purpose. But how can you know? If your worldview suggests that your arrival here on Earth was just a result of random circumstance, then the significance of your life is going to be random, too. That's why it's so important that you let your belief in God and His Word establish your worldview. The Bible says that God uniquely designed you because He has something for you to do that only you will be able to do with your life. Your life matters because you matter to God. I'm Rick and I hope you'll join me today on Daily Hope as we look into the Bible to understand God's view of you. God's worldview will make a world of difference
1: in your life today on daily hope with pastor Rick Warren we're in the last few days of the series called reframing your worldview this is part two of a message called how should I live in this world taken from various portions of scripture and now here's Rick
0: the third key to living like Jesus is humility There's discernibility, there's integrity, and there's humility. Now, again, humility is another word that's totally misunderstood. A lot of people think humility is saying, oh, I'm no good, I'm nothing, I'm just a bunch of junk. Jesus didn't die for junk. You want to know how valuable you are? Look at the cross. With arms outstretched, Jesus says this much this is how valuable you are. So you're not junk. And when you go around saying, oh, I'm nothing, you poo poo yourself, that's actually a form of false humility, which is really a form of pride. It's insecurity that says, I want you to notice me, so I'm gonna tell you how lousy I am. Humility is not false modesty. Humility is not being quiet and reserved. Humility is not denying your strengths. In a word, humility is dependence. You might write that down. Humility is dependence upon God. And the more humble you are, the more you depend on God, and the less you depend on yourself. That's what humility is all about. That's why the very first beatitude, in the very first sermon, the famous sermon on the mount that Jesus preaches, the first sentence goes like this, blessed are, in other words blessed are, God likes to bless the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? It means you're humble. Poor in spirit means, God, I admit, I don't have it on my own. If I'm going to make it in life, I need you. God, I'll never accomplish what you want me to accomplish. I'll never reach my dreams. I'll never be the woman or the man you want me to be. Unless you help me out, God, that's poor in spirit. That's being humble. It's saying, God, I can't do it on my own. The Bible says this, Jesus said it. God blesses those who realize their need for him. That's humility. It's depending on God every second. Now, why is humility so important? Because without it is the reason you have so much stress in your life. The reason why you, ha- you follow me and so I'm going to have to explain it to you. The reason why you get stressed out is a lack of humility. What do you mean by that, Rick? Well, the two greatest causes of stress are these. Number one, the number one cause of stress is trying to control the uncontrollable. Trying to control things that you can't control gets you stressed out, it gets you worried. Now, the truth is, most of your life is out of your control. You can control your attitude, you can control your response, but you can't control what's going to happen to you next week. You have no control over what's going to happen to you the rest of your life. Those circumstances are beyond your control. And so you get stressed out. The more you need to control, the more stressed you get. Now, the need to control is an evidence of insecurity. When you see somebody who has a high need to control, it means one thing. They have high insecurity. The more insecure a person is, the more they try to control everything because they're so afraid. They don't want you to know they're afraid, but they're trying to control it so they don't have to be afraid. The more confident you are, the more relaxed you are. You hold things with an open hand. You say, yeah, you know, Your, 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 your confidence is not based on having to control everything. And so you get stressed because you try to control the uncontrollable. The second great source of stress is a lack of trust in God. And whenever you don't trust God, your stress goes up, your worry goes up, your anxiety goes up, and your peace of mind goes in the toilet. It just falls apart. So you're depending on yourself instead of depending on God. What is the antidote to stress? The antidote to stress is humility. And a good definition of it is this next verse. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, Jesus says this. Come to me, all you who are weary, burdened, in other words, burned out, and I will give you a whole lot more work to do. Well, that's not what it says, is it? It says, come to me when you're stressed out and I will give you What? Rest, yeah, rest. That's a good one, I like that word. Then he says, take my yoke upon you. Now he's not talking about an egg yoke. He's talking about one of those things where you attach two horses together to pull, pull, the, stay, uh, pull the cart or two cattle together to pull the, the wagon. Why? What's the purpose of a cart or, or a, a yoke? To, to have the, 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 the burden. In other words, now instead of one horse pulling the cart, you got two because they're yoked together. Or instead of one cow pulling the the, the wagon, you got two cattle pulling, uh, you know, the covered wagon. So the purpose of a yoke is to make the load lighter. That's the purpose of a yoke. God never meant for you to go all through life pulling things on your own. Pulling the burden of your life all by yourself. That's why you're tired all the time. Because you're trying to solve all your problems by yourself. God's never meant for that. Jesus says, hey, yoke up with me. Put my yoke on you and we'll pull your load together. Now, he's got a lot more strength than you do. Now, here's the thing about it. When you pull the yoke together, you have to go at the same pace Jesus goes. If you got two cattle yoked together, one can't go faster than the other. One can't go one direction another the other When you are pulling the load of your life all by yourself, you have a tendency to go too fast You have a tendency to go in the wrong direction And you have a tendency to pull it off in a ditch Some of you have been there several times When you are yoked to jesus Then he's pulling it with you. It's lighter He's going to go just the right pace because he knows the pace better than you do. He's going to keep you in the right direction and there's no way he's going to let you go off in a ditch. So he says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, you're worn out, you're tired, you're, you're stressed, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and here it is, humble in heart. And what does that humility produce? you will find rest for your souls. Now, if you're stressed out tonight, the answer to your stress are the three things in that verse, and here they are. Come to Christ, give up control, learn to rest, learn to trust. That's it, that's the antidote to stress. Come to Christ, give up control, learn to trust. So you, and you may have to do that 50 times a day. God, I'm bringing this problem to you. Jesus, I'm bringing this problem to you. And I'm going to give up control of it. I'm not going to worry about it. But I'm going to trust in you. And you do that and your stress level goes down. Now coming to Christ and giving up control and learning to trust, there's another word for that. Humility. That's real humility.
1: That's Rick Warren with just a portion of today's message called How Should I Live in This World? It's from the series Reframing Your Worldview. We're going to continue in just a moment, but first, please check out rickwarren.org where you can sign up for Pastor Rick's free Daily Hope devotional. Thousands of folks just like you have benefited from Rick's personal and practical emails every day. So please sign up and be encouraged. And while you're at rickwarren.org, Listen to his latest message, connect with him on Facebook and Twitter, or shop our online store, which is packed with resources to help your walk with God. Find us online today at rickwarren.org. There's more Daily Hope with Rick Warren just ahead. The book, entitled The Good Life by Pastor Rick's friend and mentor, the late Chuck Colson, asks the hard existential questions like, Is there absolute truth? Where do we come from? What does it mean to live a good life? And more. In this revised version, Rick teamed up with Chuck and laid out six truth-filled, easy-to-follow lessons that will sharpen your Christian worldview, motivating you to live out your ministry of service and your mission to an unbelieving world. The Good Life by Chuck Colson is our gift to thank you for your donation to support this Daily Hope radio broadcast. Request your copy when you call 800-600-5004 or visit rickwarren.org. Once again, here's Pastor Rick. When
0: you are pulling the load of your life all by yourself, you have a tendency to go too fast, you have a tendency to go in the wrong direction, and you have a tendency to pull it off in a ditch. Some of you have been there several times. When you are yoked to Jesus, then he's pulling it with you. It's lighter. He's going to go just the right pace because he knows the pace better than you do. He's going to keep you in the right direction and there's no way he's going to let you go off in a ditch. So he says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, you're worn out, you're tired, you're, you're stressed, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and here it is humble in heart. And what does that humility produce? You will find rest for your souls. The answer to your stress are the three things in that verse. And here they are come to Christ, give up control, learn to rest, learn to trust. That's it, that's the antidote to stress. Come to Christ, give up control. Learn to trust. So you, and you may have to do that 50 times a day. God, I'm bringing this problem to you. Jesus, I'm bringing this problem to you. And I'm going to give up control of it. And I'm not going to worry about it. But I'm going to trust in you. And you do that and your stress level goes down. Now coming to Christ and giving up control and learning to trust, there's another word for that. Humility. That's real Humility. So to live like Jesus means I live with discernibility, I live with integrity, and I live with humility. Here's the fourth one, and it's another big one. Live with simplicity. Jesus obviously lived a very simple life. He lived a life of simplicity. And that lowers your stress too. But today, life has gotten more and more complex and is getting more so. Everybody agree with that? It's getting more and more complex. And not only that, you got more stuff than you've ever had before. And when the more stuff you have, the more you have to care for it, the more you have to clean it, the more you have to protect it, the more you have to insure it, the more you have to repair it, the more, more stuff you've got, the more it dominates your life. My guess is you probably have more stuff than your parents did. It's just getting more and more every day. And so you, you, you know today we have an entire industry that we didn't even have 50 years ago It's called personal storage units It's like you don't even have enough room in your house anymore So you have to go put it in a storage unit and you pay rent to hold all your stuff The comedian George Carlin says it like this You know all you need in life is a little place for your stuff Everybody's got a little stuff this is my stuff, that's your stuff, over there's his stuff. Now, that's all a house is. It's just a place to keep your stuff. Now, if you didn't have so much stuff, you wouldn't need a house. You would just walk around all the time. But you gotta have a house to for, have a place for your stuff. A house is just a pile of stuff with a cover on it. Now, you can see that when you're taken off in an airplane. You look down, you see everybody's got their own little pile of stuff with a roof on it. Now, of course, when you leave your house, you got to lock it because you wouldn't want anybody taking your stuff because they always take the good stuff. They never bother with the worthless stuff. Oh, no, they just take the good stuff. So when they take all your good stuff, you have to go out and buy more stuff and more stuff. And sometimes you gotta go get a bigger house, why? No room for your stuff anymore. Gotta get a bigger house. Ever notice that when you go to somebody else's house, you never feel quite at home? Says, you know why? Because there's no room for your stuff. Somebody else's stuff is all over the place. No place for your stuff. And if you stay overnight at their house, they give you a little bedroom they haven't used in 11 years somebody died in it but they haven't moved out any of his stuff (laughs) now there's usually a dresser in the room of some kind but it's worthless because there's no room for your stuff because it's still got his stuff on it now sometimes you go on vacation so you got to take some of your stuff with you that's two big suitcases full of stuff it's a smaller version of your house so you get back to your hotel you get to your hotel room in Honolulu and You open up your suitcase and you put away all your stuff. Put a little stuff here, little stuff there, little over there. Honey, you can put your stuff in there. And then even though you're far away from home, you start to feel okay. Because after all, you have some of your stuff with you. Look at what the Bible says. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 15, be on your guard. By the way, that's one of those watch out verses. Watch out. Guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his stuff, his possessions. You know, this is an anti-American message in many ways. It's counterculture because everything in our society says it's all about the stuff. It's all about getting more. That the whole purpose of life is simply the acquisition of things. And then Jesus said, wait a minute. A man's life doesn't consist in the abundance of things you possess. It's the exact opposite of what our culture teaches. Our culture teaches he who dies with the most toys still dies. Still dies. And somebody rich will die and they'll say, man, I wonder how much he left. I'll tell you, he left it all all of it 100 percent didn't take any of it with him it wasn't yours before you were born it's not going to be yours after you die you just get to use this little bit of stuff for 60 or 80 years and then you pass it on and a lot of people think the whole purpose in life is just to collect stuff that's stupid because it's all going to burn up it's none of it's going to last it isn't going to last for a long time and in america and in particularly in orange county We are possessed by our possessions. What do you mean by that? I mean, I know people who use all their time, all their energy, all their effort, all their talent, all their leisure, just to get more things. And so what they do is they go out and they buy a house bigger than they really can afford. And they buy a car they don't really need. And then they have to hustle and hoof it and overextend themselves and work themselves to death just so they can have things. And they give up time for things. That's dumb. Because your life is not about things. Your life is about time. And when you waste it and you use it to get things, you're never getting that time back. You're giving up what you cannot keep for something else. That is worthless. And so you you don't want to give up time for things. Yeah, you can go out and work real hard, and then all of a sudden you can go buy that beautiful vase. But look what you've just lost in your life in order to get that vase. And once you get it, you said you got to insure it, make sure it's not broken, and make sure somebody dusts it, and all these things. And you begin to be possessed by your possessions. And people work, 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 work just to get wealth. And they spend the first half of their life sacrificing their health to get wealth. And then they spend the second half of their life using their wealth to get health. That's dumb. That's just dumb. But do you see how counterculture this is? Everything in society says the purpose of life is to work hard so you can get more and more and more and more things. But you can, all those things, you're not taking with you, and none of those things are going to keep you happy. Because you're going to get a car, then you're going to get bored with it, you're going to want another one, etc., etc. So people, I'm telling you, never sacrifice time for things. Your time is far more important than your money. You can always get more money, but you can't get more time. You've only got a certain amount allotted on this planet. Now the Bible says this, Jesus said it. He says in Matthew 16, how do you benefit if you gain the whole world you know, of stuff, but you lose your soul in the process? Is anything worth more than your soul? The answer is, of course not. So he says, learn to live with simplicity.
1: That's Rick Warren with Daily Hope. In a moment, Rick will be back to share a closing thought, but first, check out the Daily Hope website, rickwarren.org, after today's broadcast. Log on there and you can get today's entire message, the message series, get message notes, social media links, and sign up for Rick's free Daily Hope devotional, which is wonderful. Log on now at rickwarren.org. Also, we'd love to let you know about a special gift we have to say thanks for your donation to support this Daily Hope broadcast. It's a powerful book by the late Chuck Colson called The Good Life. Pastor Rick shares in the foreword of this helpful book that Chuck was relentless in his pursuit of truth in every area of life. And Chuck brings this passion to bear in The Good Life as he helps you answer hard existential questions like, Is there truth? Is it knowable? What difference does it make? What does it mean to live a good life? Chuck asks and answers these questions in a way that can literally change your life and the lives of those around you. The Good Life is our gift to thank you for your donation to support this Daily Hope broadcast. So please request your copy when you call us today, 1-800-600-5004. And if you could, please consider giving just a little more today to help support this program in your area. We are 100% supported by listeners just like you. So we really appreciate your gifts, prayers, calls, emails, your testimonies, and more. And we would love the chance to pray for you too. So give us a call today at 1-800-600-5004. And now here's Rick Warren with a closing thought.
0: One thing we all know for sure is this. Life is not getting simpler. It's getting more complicated. We just keep adding more and more stuff, more and more events, more and more commitments, more and more expectations to our schedules. You know the problem with all the stuff we keep adding is the more you have, the more it takes to take care of it. The more you have to clean it, you have to protect it, you have to insure it, you have to repair it. Pretty soon you are possessed by your possessions. Pretty soon stuff dominates your life. You know, a lot of people think that the whole purpose of life is just acquisition. It's life, liberty, and the purchase of happiness. That the whole purpose of life is just to collect more things. You've seen that bumper sticker that he who dies with the most toys wins. Well, that's not true. The truth is, he who dies with the most toys still dies. And he who dies with the most toys probably missed the purpose of life. You see, your life is not about things. God didn't design you to just be a collector. In fact, Jesus said it like this, a man's life consists not in the abundance of things that he possesses. You know, the other day on Twitter, I sent out this tweet, when and then thinking is a lie. In other words, when I get what I want, then I will be happy. That's called when and then thinking. And it just isn't true. If you're not happy now, you're not going to be happy later. Somebody asked Howard Hughes, the famous billionaire, how much money does it take to make a man happy? He said, just a little bit more. We always want more. So how much really do you need to be happy? Matthew sixteen twenty six. Jesus said this, how do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul in the process? You know, you could be so busy making a living, you forget to make a life. Is anything worth more than your soul? The answer is of course not. No. When you look at the life of Jesus, he modeled a simple lifestyle. You don't see him collecting things. He spent his time and energy on what matters most. And what is it that matters most? Relationships. Our relationship to God and our relationship to each other. The Bible says that you can boil down the whole Bible into two sentences. Love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what it's all about. If you'll do that, your life will be so much simpler. If you'll focus on relationships, not acquisitions, you'll find more meaning and less mess and less misery in your life. I'm Rick, and I hope you'll continue joining me as we look into God's word every day for our daily hope.
1: This program is sponsored by Daily Hope Ministries and listeners like you.